traumatized. My, my, my friend Marty said to me, you, it, we, there's a party. We, all of us found out. It's called AZA party. It's like a B'nai B'rith women party. They throw for young girls to meet young Jewish boys. I said, Marty, I'm not going to that. He goes, I met my girlfriend there, blah, blah, blah. And you should have seen this girlfriend. He ended up marrying her. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah gorgeous. I said, well, I said, I, I hate to be caught dead there. I said, but all right, I'll go. What the hell? I'll throw <laughs> these girls a, a bone. One, right? Yeah, I'll throw these girls a bone and I'll show up. <laughs> oh, God. I remember, and on the, you know, I walk in this basement at some girl's house in like plain view. We drive there. It's like senior year of high school or junior year. I don't know. Walk in. I'm sitting on the couch. One girl, no offense. I mean, you never saw women that look. I mean, they might as well have been men. Oh, my God. They were sitting Stop there. It. Well, listen, the kicker to the story is you could imagine what I looked like. Now, I thought <laughs> I maybe with them, I'm going to score big time. I mean, each one. These were no beauties. It wasn't like when the bachelor is standing there and all these no. women climb out of the car. <laughs> no, I didn't realize that whatever they look like as women, I looked worse as a man. <laughs> I thought maybe I was in a higher level than them. You didn't know your proper place? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it was a carnival freak show and I was one of the freaks. <laughs> I thought I was walking in to throw the freaks a bone. Well, these girls took a look at me. They didn't even move over on the couch. I had to sit across the room the whole night. Not one person came over to me, nor did I approach them. I could see the look of revulsion on their face. Uh, Thank God I smoked cigarettes. before you start. Yeah, what I did was I pulled out a cigarette and chain smoked all night. Look cool. <laughs> Looked like maybe I was a drug dealer. I thought maybe that would get me laid because I had the long hair and the cigarettes and all that shit. Though for sure it would work. Like someone would find me mysterious in that haze of smoke. Yes, yes. Yeah. I figured out a long time ago, c cigarette smoking was good for me because this haze of smoke would block most of my face. <laughs> so like girls would, it was almost like having my own uh, fog machine, like a band. <laughs> I'd walk in with my own. I mean, I was a chain smoker. I'd smoke four packs a day at that point. Because I had to keep the because once the smoke the cleared, I was in trouble. Yeah, you had to keep the fog going. <laughs> keep a fog machine up. <laughs> it was awesome, puffing away. I'd light one off the other. Didn't matter, and it gave me something to do with my hands, and it looked like I was busy because no one was talking to me. You know, I couldn't believe that these girls were rejecting me. It was impossible. And where were your friends? Did you go with friends? They were all hitting on girls and, and being quite successful at it. They wow. were being, you know, they, they had a social ability. I didn't. I mean, uh, and with all that smoke around me, I realize now I must have looked like a witch being burned at the stake. <laughs> they probably thought it was the Salem witch trials. Because with the long hair and the big nose and the, the, the Adam's apple and everything, I probably looked like a witch. They were like, what is this, Halloween? What's with this dude? <laughs> I look like a witch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, laugh it up, because you know oh. it's true. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no. You know, you're looking at me. I'm laughing because you're just picture. I'm picturing this poor, sad boy. Oh, Robin, it was bad. Thinking these things about himself. It looked like a, 
I, I guess I, ima- I imagine I look like a, a a palm tree on fire. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's about the best image you I see, can come up. With. I know that this was just <laughs> in your mind because yeah, well. one of the most unattractive men I have mm. ever met. Yes, was the most successful ladies' man on the campus at my university. Then he had because a big cock or he, he had a lot of coke? He hypnotized women. See, you didn't get a skill. No. You want to know something? I had a fantasy that I was going to learn how to hypnotize people. Yeah? Yeah, but thank God I didn't. I'd probably bend up in the next jail cell to Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes. This you guy didn't Brad even Pitt. want to leave school. He he was he must have been in his thirties and he was still <laughs> living in a dorm in college. He was so successful with women there. I thought for sure that when I went to that party, that I was lowering myself so that I would have a lot of women coming on to me. But little did I know that night that these AZA girls were going to chase me out of the party with torches and pitchforks. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I remember. And then I got to college and it was worse. My roommate, Lou, now a medical, imagine this guy, good looking football player, straight A student, perfect score on the SATs. And in six year medical, can you imagine the women he was attracting? We would go, like, we, we knew some girls from camp. I met Lou in camp, and we ended up being roommates. We'd walk in the room. They would all line up for Lou to have a Flock few minutes. With, Lou, like, the, right. like, like the bachelor, you know, on the bachelor when they all line up to try to get, right, can I right. steal you for a minute? Can I talk to him for a yeah. minute? Can I, can, I, can I steal you for a minute? <laughs> and I'm sitting there again with the cigarette and the hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Looking like a, a chimney with hair. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And I'm like, this has got to end. They, they, I think they thought I was Lou's dog or pet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they were like, oh, that's cute. And I'm sitting there on a bed because in those rooms, they had, it looked like a jail cell, the, the, the girl's dormitory. You had a bed on one side and a bed on the other side. And Lou's, Lou's, the bed where Lou is sitting, there's so many girls on the bed. That uh, the bed is starting to collapse. <laughs> My bed was fine. Oh, nobody came to sit on your bed. And I love Lou. Don't get me wrong, but you know it did lead to some jealousies. I'd be like, you know, no offense, I know Lou very well. He's my friend since fourth grade. He's not brimming with personality. <laughs> I mean, don't these girls see I have some personality too? <sighs> I mean. uh but look at the credentials you ran off for Lou. He what were your credentials? I had nothing. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go into, I'm like a communications major. I'm going to go into radio. <laughs> and then these girls are like, what? What's radio? You know, where do you do that? You fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be, I, I, I would say, like, yeah, I'm going to be the most famous disc jockey that ever lived. And they're like, fuck yeah. you. Fuck <laughs> you! That was my whole rap, and and meanwhile, I didn't even have a good radio voice, or and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like a famous radio guy." They're like what? <laughs> no banter, no what? What? Huh? What? 
yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you do this summer? Did you did you study in Europe? No, no, no. I was a dishwasher at Wilmette Camp. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 20. You were a dishwasher at a summer camp, you fucking loser. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I have a show on the campus radio station. <laughs> where, oh, yeah. Where do you get that? Oh, it, 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 it's not like real radio. It's uh, you can get it on your telephone. <laughs> oh my god yeah, you haven't heard of the king schmaltz bagel hour it's <laughs> me and three other guys and we cut it up on the air it's pretty good we got fired idiot, <laughs> idiot. got fired from idiot. your free job <laughs> got fired <laughs> i got fired from the, the the college radio station i'm paying so i can go like <laughs> practice how do you get fired from something you're paying for <sighs> i managed to do that Call up a guy named Hank Sennett, lives in Massachusetts somewhere, and he he fired me. <laughs> I, my parents were paying for me to go to college, $5,000 yeah. a year, and they fired me from the free college radio station. For some dumb bit, Godzilla goes to Harlem. Ridiculous. It's genius. <laughs> no one saw it. <laughs> Fuck everyone. I've had it with all of you. Yeah. No, I had no rap. I had no rap. Just sat there like a big dummy, took quaaludes, smoked cigarettes, dropped acid. I mean, loser. Well, what was somebody supposed to come over to see? Exactly. In my mind, my, my, my fantasy, I thought they saw something <laughs> great in me. I don't know. I figured some woman would like what they saw. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a pretty bright future. I'm going to go to a AM radio station and play the spinners. <laughs> <laughs> you bank on me. Rubber band man, that's me. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Rubber band man. Rubber man can. <laughs> what do you mean? You want to be with a guy who's going to be an MD, an eye surgeon? Or you want to be with me, a guy who's going to play the spinners on the radio? And go WNBC. Who are you going to bank on? Well, what are you going to do? They bet on Lou. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, you're a very sexy guy. I, I, I predict you're going to be the biggest thing in Briarcliff Manor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to work in a little house in Briarcliff Manor and spin records. Come, come on my journey with me. Let me sweep you away. WNBC coming at you. Hi, my name <laughs> is Howard Stern. It's going to be a beautiful day in New York. WNBC. See, I hit the... Music post, not the vocal post. You want me to hit the vocal post? NBC. That's my skill. Sure. <laughs> Lou's going to be operating on people's eyes. Yeah. You want to marry the guy you who's... You can talk up a record. He just cured Stevie Wonder of blindness, or you want me? I'm going to talk up rubber band man. Idiot. <laughs> Don't you want to live with me? You know, I pred I got I went to a psychic. They told me one day I'm going to live with more cats than you can even count. Come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, it was a big fucking mess. Everywhere I moved, my parents moved me. I was unpopular everywhere. I tell you, it was not fun. There was nothing fun about it. Well, the one thing you can say you had was consistency. I did. <laughs> I never went anywhere where I was a winner. I was always a loser. But then we made that our radio career, remember? Nah. We used to go to the loser crap bowl right. and make it a winner. That's it. <laughs> we, we made a whole career out of that. 
One thing I knew was shitty situation. I said, Robin, Robin, you stick with me, and I'll take you from one shitty situation to another, and we will persevere, because I'm used to it. That's how I was raised. You knew how to get through it. My father didn't spend a lifetime yelling at me and telling me what an idiot I was to be a loser. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love Robin, I told you. What What other human being on the planet? would stick with a guy who goes from one losing situation to another. I'd say to Robin, Robin, uh, we're going to a new radio station. They're dead last in the market. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else is willing to hire us. There wasn't even a station yesterday. It's going to be a station today. We have absolutely no listeners. We're starting from zero. It's the best way to start. (laughs) Why would I want to be on a winner? And it worked out because I was smart about it. I said, you know what? We got to be the most important thing on that station. Absolutely. Even if if we're doing shitty, the rest of those idiots are going to be doing shittier. Let's go. (laughs) But meanwhile, uh, regardless of what we did and how important we were, they hated us. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. It was anyway. uh, Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a little break. Come back. From all this walk down memory lane? Yeah, yeah. I need to, like, kind of wipe the slate clean and, and delete this hour of radio. Yeah, yes, John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, one, thing to, one thing to add, since we didn't get any action here. If you're watching tonight, yes. early on at 7, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, and Ohio, they're the first states to come down. And they right. say those are going to be huge indicators for the rest of the night. If Biden can take any of those states, that's good news for Biden. If he can't, then it's it's going to be tight all the way through. And Florida, actually, Robin, is one of those states that counts the votes early. Like, okay. So um, it'll lean Democratic. And then as the other. So stuff when comes you in say later, count the votes early, John, you mean they'll count. Even the write-in votes early. The early votes are going to be the write-in votes in Got addition it. to, you know, the 1% returns. And they think a lot of the write-in votes will be Democratic. But then the election day votes start coming in, and then you'll get a more accurate read. But those so are the big ones to Florida watch. Florida could start out red or blue and 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 just fade into red at some Correct. point. And or Flo- the other way around. And Florida, by the way, if, and Florida, by the way, is getting the most action because that's the one nobody could figure out which way it's going to go. So a lot of people betting both sides in the state of Florida. And if I could jump Jesus. in, Howard, Pennsylvania is also a huge one to watch because it's one of the few states that does not start counting. They will not start counting any of those mail-in ballots. <clears throat> Till either late tonight or maybe even tomorrow. That's wow. a good idea. Good, good for them. Who, Very proud who came of that. up with that That's, idea? I don't know. Let's let's wait. Let's well, and third world Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. They're saying that's why Trump is saying. Sorry, they're saying that's why okay. Trump keeps saying. You know, election night, whatever it is, that's what it is. Because if Pennsylvania starts counting votes and it starts moving the other way, he's like, "Yeah, that doesn't count." <laughs> Great, brilliant. And I know somebody who went to vote early this morning, and they said ten. it was a 10-minute wait. So oh, not, not too bad. bad. Not too bad. We'll be right back. I'm going to get to your phone calls next. I have much to get to. Many big laughs coming. I'm going to orchestrate. <laughs> and not at your laughs. expense. Right? Not at my expense. In fact, the whole last hour will be edited out of the show because I don't want to hear it back, and neither does anyone else. 
I'm going to convince you again that I'm that happening playboy type. <laughs> the guy who, <laughs> the guy who everything touched turned to gold. Uh, you will, you, you'll have a whole different impression of me for the rest of the show. We'll be back right after these words. Baby, thank you. Uh, Baby Shark is now yeah. the number one what video? TikTok video. It's been watched more than any other video. Are ever. you on TikTok? I'm not on that. No. Uh, this is such a good song. Um, you're telling me, like Baby Shark. People make TikTok videos to it, or just the whole video is number one. It's the video of Baby Shark. Hmm. I thought that was over with. What happened to my music? Apparently not. Over Despacito, the uh, Justin Bieber song. Wonder if Eddie Vedder knows the Foo Fighters. He must know them. He must dig that. Oh, I would imagine so, because they, you know, Dave was in uh, Nirvana. Right. Oh, my God. That was so great, Eddie Better, yesterday talking to him, but I felt like we didn't have enough time. We talked for three hours. We actually got on the phone to one another afterwards and spoke for another hour. I wish I could put that on the air. Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, Talked for a long time. Hey, guys. What did you talk about? For an hour. Hey, Howard. That's the thing. You needed to hear it. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Thanks a lot. Well, what am I going to tell you? I called to thank him <laughs> for doing the show, and then, then we got into a conversation about a lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Gus. What's up? Hey, Howard. Hey, love you guys. Um, I just want to say, man, how much I loved your interview with Eddie yesterday. It was, it was great. And uh, I just wanted to say that. You know, I'm one of these guys who is easily swayed, and uh, I really, for some reason or another, I've fallen into this trap of thinking that Trump was going to be the best candidate because, I don't know, something about maybe law and order or whatever, but just hearing Vetti yesterday and his passion, and um, I love Eddie and I love his music, and uh, if a guy like Eddie thinks that what's going on is wrong, I feel like I can really get behind him just because he's a really thoughtful guy, and well, I, I told know. I just, Eddie. I just, the way Gus, said yesterday, it just made me feel. Gus, I told Eddie that I thought when he spoke about politics that he summed up exactly how I felt in a very meaningful, um, very organized way. Uh, I was very complimentary to him about it because uh, he he hit it on the head. Like he go, "Hey, law and order." I've never seen this country in more more turmoil in terms of law and order and people at each other's throats. You well, know. this is what I also don't understand about how people are thinking. This is happening while Trump is president. And, they think and then that, he can say he's the law and order president. Yeah, but how come there's I, no I law and order? He's just a good manipulator. He just, he, he's good at manipulating people to think a certain way. But, man, just hearing Vetti yesterday, this almost broke my heart, to be honest. I almost got into tears the way he spoke. Yeah. I, I literally just wanted to sit in my car and cry for him. And I was like, wow. Like, the way Eddie feels, I just I, he was just... I, he was transcending his feelings onto onto me, and I just man, he's he's a wonderful guy. I feel sad that there's no more guys like Eddie Vedder coming out in music. Like, what's going on with music that guys yeah. like Eddie don't exist anymore? You know what, Gus? I well, had the same feeling. I had the same feeling. Like we we often sink into yeah. these music deserts for a while, and then this there's has been an a long outbreak. while. Yeah, it's a bit, well, yeah. the desert it's, is a big place. 
This is you yeah. just can't seem to find guys like Eddie coming out anymore who, who are that talented and that thoughtful, and it's just it's just sad because I feel like you know music is dying slowly. Just guys like Eddie aren't aren't coming out, and I, I haven't been passionate about mu- new music for a long time, so I'm constantly clinging to these old guys. Like I constantly listen to Lithium, and I get sad. I'm like, man, there's no more Chris Cornell, there's no more Eddie Vedder's. Uh, you know, like yeah. just awful but i feel like the 90s were the last really good musical movement that's what i'm trying to tell eddie which would you say uh so there was the 60s absolutely with the beatles dave clark five rolling stones all the british invasion even like herman's hermits and freddie and the dreamers and and all that crazy shit and and then all of a sudden the whole the whole explosion of American artists, like the 60s into the 70s, Crosby, right. Stills, Nash & Young, Elton John from England, uh, you know, I mean, it was just Bowie, um, and then Zeppelin. I mean, it was an explosion of ideas and music like we've never seen before. And then... And then there then was they, the crash, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, then the 80s kind of, like, there was some interesting things, like MTV was the 80s to me, you know, right. it was like, like, wow, but, but, but then the 90s... Like, but there wasn't a lot of great music around in the eighties. Not no, a lot. The eighties and the eighties was like Guns and Roses, and even they became uncool when Nirvana and Pearl Jam and um, uh, you know Nine Inch Soundgarden, Nails, Soundgarden, Soundgarden, right? Oh my God, yeah. yeah. The, the whole movement changed, and it was the nineties, and the nineties was this sort of uh, renaissance of like guys who who wrote political songs. They stood up for shit. They fought Ticketmaster, that kind of thing, and then. And then, like, that kind of died off, and now it's just this wasteland. Like, music's not that important anymore. It's 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 great, and, and there no. are hit songs, and there are songs you respond to, but there's not this, this excitement about music. And that's what Eddie was talking about. Like, the reason he has all that vinyl and stuff was because he loved that whole era of bands hanging out in Seattle. It was like the Laurel Canyon of Seattle. They would all hang out together. They would all, they would all leaflet together. They all had this movement going and it doesn't exist anymore. And I think Eddie missed that, but yeah, it was really special for me to talk to him because, uh, not forget the political stuff for a second, which I thought he was incredibly articulate about, just talking to him about music and his life. I mean, the guy, the thing that I took away from that whole interview is that the guy, first of all, had the worst fucking childhood, like one of the worst, you know, I mean, come on, the father, his biological father acted like he was a, fr- a distant friend of the family and his, his adoptive father, who was a prick, um, the, he acted like he was his real father. And then, and then Eddie. And do you know what that does to your identity when you've thought something yeah. your whole life and then you find out there was no truth to it at all? Yeah, like I knew a guy who got adopted. He never knew it until in his 40s. He found out he was adopted. He almost had a nervous fucking breakdown. His yeah. whole reality was shattered. He couldn't deal with it because he just always thought he was who he was. And then his parents never told him he was adopted, which is the biggest mistake you can make. And this guy was crushed, like it fucked his head up. And Eddie, you know, talking about going to school and being distracted, he couldn't really study because he had to pay his bills because he wasn't living. He was 15, living on his own. What the fuck? His family moved away from him. They went back to Chicago and he stayed in San Diego. Yeah. It, crazy. And then. At 15. Um, yeah. 
And then, I don't know how yeah. he didn't end up like a crazy drug addict who, you know, who, who just did yeah. himself in. It was crazy. I, I, but but you're right. The music is so passionate. I loved when I asked Eddie about um, elderly woman behind the counter, and he took his guitar. You got to watch it when we put it up on the app. It's great. Yeah, he's sitting in a room with a bunch of guitars. I couldn't really describe this to you yesterday, but he has guitars all over the wall. Then he's got this big stereo system with a whole bunch of albums like sitting on the floor, like uh, all neatly uh, designed. And he had um, he had a couple of album covers on his wall, like he had one of the Who albums on the wall, but it was like the inverse of what the Who album was. It was like almost the negative. Did you see that, Gary? That Who album he had hanging on the wall? You mean the big one that was like a black and white? Yeah. Was that a negative? It was the, it was the cover of the Who by Numbers, but it was, you know, the cover of the Who by Numbers is like, it's a brown background with black writing on it. This was black and white, and it was turned around. It was like almost like the negative. I don't know. It looked like a blanket or a poster, but it was really cool. Yeah, yeah I kept that. looking at that the whole time, wondering what it was. And then he had um, uh, something by the band. I think the last waltz hanging up. The poster for the last waltz, which I know, you know, he said he loved. And then he, it turned out he bought that guitar that was used in the movie. Yeah. By the way, I happened to bring up the band during uh, the interview. Yeah. And I didn't. I mean, I didn't notice the thing on the wall at that point. So maybe subconsciously I did because I don't know. Well, when's the last time I brought up the band? But well, you do bring them up quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, thanks for the call, Gus. Yeah, a lot of people wrote us. But when Eddie, when I was saying to Eddie, how, I was asking him, how do you come up with elderly woman behind the counter? And he started to take his guitar and kind of work through it. I, that was my favorite moment. I seem to recognize your face. So it's just basic, you know. What are you, what are you playing? D to C to G? Something yeah, like that? D, yeah, D, D, C. Just one finger. And then the things by not changing at all. Small town predicts my fate. Perhaps that's what no one wants to see. Oh, I just want to scream Hello, my God, it's been too long Never dreamed you'd return But now here you are And here I am Hearts and thoughts that Yeah, so she recognizes him, but he don't recognize her. <laughs> right. She come, She's working in a department store. Yeah, behind the counter. More like a, yeah, a little deli, small town. Yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? Who you, I mean, where, where the fuck does that come from? It's just a story in your head or is it based on someone? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I, I think it just sat on my shoulder for a second. Yeah, I said, uh, the only thing that sits on my shoulder is my stupid head. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I 
no, no song sitting on my shoulder. Uh, boy, that's I, amazing. I, I know for that, me. You know, because what he did, I mean, what he kept saying was that all that stuff that happened to him sifted through his life and it comes out that way. Yeah. Well, I know for me, just hearing that now, I get the chills and I start to tear up because I love that song so much. But watching him play it and kind of work through it, that'll be something I'll watch, like the Adam Levine playing uh, Purple Rain or um, um, Perry Farrell uh performing in our studio or 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 chris cornell i know that's going to be one of the clips i play over and over again mm-hmm. personally like over and over again reliving that moment it was really special and um and then when he played um the warren zevon song i gotta tell you that i couldn't listen to that song while he was playing it yeah, because i would have burst into like tears sobbing tears i remember Whenever Warren Zevon, it was toward the end of Warren Zevon's life. And he had gone public with the fact that he was dying. He had been told by doctors he only had a few more months to live. And uh, maybe on Letterman show or something was the first time I heard it. I don't know. But he had written a song called Keep Me in Your Heart. And it's essentially about, hey, I'm dying. And he's saying to his wife and his kids, you know, I know I'm going to be dead. But would you keep me in your heart for a while? Will you remember me? Even when you're doing mundane things like washing the dishes and all of that stuff. Just think of me. And I remember when Warren Zevon did it. It was one of those songs that just touched me. I couldn't believe how good it was. And, um, you know, I mean, I knew Warren Zevon from like, you know, Werewolves of London and all that other stuff. But, But this song, more than anything, was just an incredible song to be writing. You know you're dying. Just please, everybody, remember me once in a while. And so when I knew that uh, Eddie did that occasionally, he'll do cover versions. And I could probably just do an interview with Eddie Vedder on why he chooses what songs to cover. But, mm. you know, I wanted to get a sense of everything about him. But uh, when he picked up the guitar and did this yesterday, that was really good. And it's hard to get through. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath Keep me in your heart for a while If I leave here it doesn't mean I love you any less Keep me in your heart for a while When you get up in the morning and you see that crazy sun Keep me in your heart for a while There's a train leaving nightly Cold when all is said and done Keep me in your heart for a while Keep me in your heart for a while Keep me in your heart for a while Sometimes when you're doing Simple things around the house Maybe you'll think of me and smile You know I'm tied to you Like the buttons on your blouse Keep me in your heart for a while Hold me in your thoughts Take me to your dreams Crush me when I fall in view And when the I'll be there right next to you. 
was heading north to Pleasant Stream. Keep me in your heart for a while. You know these wheels they keep turning, but they're running out of steam. Keep me in your heart for a while. Uh, Gary told me he cried twice during it. God, I love that song. That's what uh, uh, quite a quite a powerful performance and over Zoom, no less. By the way, I do have to congratulate our great. crew. Yeah, it got you again, huh, Gary? It did. Yeah. Oh dear, is he crying? Yeah, it's I, emotional. <laughs> what What were you thinking about? <laughs> uh, cut it out, Fred. What one yeah, second? What, what were you thinking about? A man with emotion. Yeah. I think of my father and my brother, but then I think of my own mortality. Right. It's so sad, that song. Oh, I mean, I'm going to start crying if I look at him. i got to look at Howard again. Warren Zevon hit it right on the head right before he died. The part that gets me is sometimes when you're doing simple things around the house, maybe you'll think of me and smile. It gets me every time. I know it's crazy. Know. It's amazing. Eddie was something yesterday, wasn't he? He was. He was. I mean, yeah. he he gave he gave thoughtful answers to everything. He, you know, he's such a smart guy. And you think about, you know, there's a guy that could have left high school at 14, you know, and and I guess sometimes schooling doesn't always matter how smart you are. But he, you know, his, the lyrics are amazing, and he really touches a lot of people. And um, I thought he came across as such a great human being yesterday, a person who cares, and it's just awesome. You know, people say to me sometimes, what's what's the best part about this job? And I say, getting to meet the people you always wanted to meet. And then they go, what's the worst part about this job? And I'm, I go, get to meet the people you always wanted to meet. Because sometimes they can just disappoint the fuck out of you. And he just didn't yesterday. He really didn't. Yeah, in fact, uh, he was very complimentary. And I spoke to him after the show. He said, uh, uh, by the way, he said, let me compliment your crew. He said, uh, I, he said to me, I always like when I do a Pearl Jam show. Uh, people come up to me afterwards and say, maybe, uh, hey, your crew, they, they were great. He goes, I always take a lot of pride that, you know, we have a nice organization. He said, your crew was unbelievably great, like a good bunch of guys. And I got to tell you, did a phenomenal job because my biggest nightmare is one of the reasons I didn't want to do Eddie Vedder over Zoom, because if he picked up a guitar and played, I was like, ah, oh, it's not going to sound that good. I don't know how the guys did it. But that sounded unbelievable. And our guys, um, they worked on it, you know, through the night with the technical uh, issues. And uh, and they got it to sound really good. Part of how it got done was because of him. You know, it's sometimes when we do sound checks, the artist doesn't even show up. But he sat down on Thursday for a half an hour. What do you guys need? Tell me, you know, you want me to move this to the 12th fret? You want to move the microphone to the 14th fret? Whatever you guys think. He just kept going until it sounded great for everyone. And that really makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, good dude. You know, you're right. Sometimes you meet people. There's been a couple of people I've met doing these interviews that I have to tell you, 
It's like, ugh, what a dick. Uh, <laughs> and you're so you know, excited the most- to meet them. You get up in the morning, you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to meet so-and-so today. And then you meet them and you go, fuck. Yeah, fuck, I wish I never met part, them. Yeah, I know. And for the most part, I have to say, people seem to either like me enough or fear me enough that they actually are nice. But uh, he was genuinely nice. Just a good guy. Yeah, and, I don't uh, that, imagine him being different. Right. In other places. Um, about that song, uh, the Warren Zevon song, this guy wrote me, I was in the waiting room of my doctor's office and I had to go in the restroom to privately sob. That Warren Zevon song gets me every time. Thank you, uh, Howard and Eddie. Uh, Eddie Vedder playing Warren Zevon's Keep Me In Your Heart was such a nice surprise on Monday morning. It literally brought me to tears. What a beautiful song. Uh, finally, I needed Eddie Vedder playing my favorite Warren Zevon song the day before Election Day. Thanks. Howard and Eddie for making me walk into work with watery eyes. You guys uh, gave me the best day. So there you go. A lot of people uh, liking what happened there. Let's go to uh, Christine. Christine, you're on the air in Florida. Hey, Howard. Oh, my God. I haven't talked to you before. This is amazing. Hi, hi Robin. Um, hi. So I just want to I just want to say that. Um, I've been a fan of the show since I was 14 in 92, and I've been a Pearl Jam fan since 92 as well with the first album. And I just wanted to give you massive kudos because it just really solidified your stature as, like, the greatest interviewer of all time. So thank you. It was really a gift. Well, this whole idea of being a great interviewer, there's nothing to do with it. This guy can talk, and he can tell stories, and he talks about his life in a meaningful, uh, uh, heartfelt way. So that's what makes it so good. But thank you, Christine. It was a lot of fun for me yesterday to talk to uh, the one and only Eddie Vedder. And judging yeah, by all the email. hearing his stories. I loved, you know, him meeting up with uh, and going for a walk with Neil Young and yeah. talking to Bruce. And, and he did a great Bruce impression. It was great. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, I know... Uh, once again, here we are. It's Election Day, and uh, both uh, President Trump and Vice President Biden want to get their last words into Ronnie. Uh, they feel it's important to win his endorsement on um, on Election Day. And uh, wait a minute, hasn't has Ronnie voted? Yeah, but they want his endorsement. Oh, you mean he could have voted endor- for either guy? They now just want his endorsement. Yeah, they want his endorsement. <laughs> This the Ronnie thing. It's a strange in. election season, so I guess this yeah. goes right along with it. All right, Ron, you're up again. Here we go. I'm going to talk to uh, President Trump and Vice President Biden. All they want to do is convince you to endorse them publicly. I know you uh, you don't want to, but you could still turn the tide, Ron. And uh, here we go. Are you ready to talk to the president and the vice president in what is our final debate? I'm going to listen. Okay, fair enough. Will you possibly make an endorsement once this is done? I don't know. Anything is possible. That's what I say. We'll see. (laughs) I'm with Ronnie. Let's see what the candidates have to say. All right. Well, I'm very excited. Can you hear me, Howard? Can you hear me? Yes, President Trump, I can hear I'm you. I'm very excited. Listen, listen, Fox News just called it. I won the election. And more importantly, <laughs> I won prettiest presidential penis contest. So better luck next time, Tiny Joe. Tiny Joe. Oh, look, that, that's just crass, man. Now, only tiny thing about me is my damn patience for this man's malarkey. His ineptitude and national leadership. 
He's Come sleepy on, and he's creepy. He's got a tiny pee-pee. Micro <laughs> Joe, that's what they're calling him at my rallies. It's sad. He has a little baby button penis and gross, saggy old man balls. Photos are on Hunter's laptop. Is that what America wants? Ronnie, is that something you'd stick up your ass? Of course not. It would disappear. You'd never find it. You'd never find it. Now, like, here's the deal. Now, we're not here to talk about penis. Obamagate. Not here to talk penis. Obamagate. Now look, 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 man. Obama Gate. We're here to discuss policies, <laughs> future of America. Not listen to this flimflam man sputters fiction and misinformation all over the place, man. All right. Saggy balls. Saggy balls. Wait a second, Mr. President. I don't want to be accused of losing uh, control of this debate. So let me say something now. Uh, it's election day. Tensions right. are high. Very I want high. To know, very high. I want to know how you're feeling, President Trump, first, and then Mr. Vice President. Go ahead, Mr. Trump. Well, I have to tell you, I feel absolutely fantastic. This is like the Bachelor election edition tonight. I'm going to get the rose from America and then take America to the fantasy suite, then grab America by the pussy. When you're a second-term <laughs> president, they let you do that. They let you do that. We right. are going to win so big tonight, so big. It'll be like one of those enormous dildos Ronnie crams up his ass. Unless, unless I don't win, which in that case, it's rape. Howard, it's rigged, it's fake, it's weak, it's sleepy, it's crooked, it's sad. Those are the six best words I know for bad stuff. Trump wins. Right. Trump Thank wins. You. Thank you, Mr. President. And now, Mr. Vice President, uh, go ahead. Now, look, I have faith that America will choose science over fiction. Basement, bitch. Science over fiction, hope over fear, man. And then we can overcome this pandemic. And quite frankly, if Donald Trump spent less time on the toilet tweeting... We'd have this virus under control by boring, now. Boring, boring. Excuse me, excuse me. This is the most boring crap I've ever heard. That's why no one shows up at his drive-in rallies. How gay are those things? Even the cars look bored because they're bored. They're boring cars. <laughs> no enthusiasm. So sleepy. No so sleepy. You want to talk rallies, man? Donald Trump held a rally and he stranded thousands of his supporters outside Do in the oh. freezing cold. Some you know what? Rushed to hospitals with hypothermia, man. They were only cold because they were using too many thermometers. Okay, we have more <laughs> thermometers. We have more thermometers, so we have more cases of hyperthermia. If we didn't use okay. so many thermometers, so, we wouldn't have so, 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 so many hyperthermias. Guys, I'm going to let you speak now directly to Ronnie. I know each of you know this is an important day. It could make mm, the difference. Okay. You're desirous of Ronnie's endorsement, even though he's voted or whatever. But let me start with Vice President Biden and, and Mr. Trump. Please try to keep yes. quiet during. Let him. Let him say the floor is yours, Mr. Vice Absolutely. President. Absolutely, I will not interrupt at all. Go ahead, <laughs> Sleepy <not> Joe. <laughs> go ahead, Sleepy Joe. Jump right in there. All right, go ahead. Don't 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 wait for me. Go right ahead. Now look. Now first of all, good morning, Ron. Now President Trump has elected new Supreme Court justice. He said my name. He said my name. Can I well, can I jump in? That's true. He did. But, but Is that the dog whistle? Yeah, Trump right. and you jump in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Mr. Vice President. Finish your thought, if you would. Now, as I was trying to say before, I was interrupted by this damn muddenhead. Now, listen, <laughs> Donald Trump elected new Supreme Court justice, Amy Coney Barrett, and she's likely to take away votes, take away your rights from you, Ron. Now, she's going to hold back protections for the LGBTQ OHP community. And OHP stands for old, horny peggers. So you got to vote, Joe Ron. Now expand the court. 
You All can right. explain so Mr. your butthole. Thank, thank he, you, Mr. Vice he's, President. He's yeah, nasty. Yes, he's nasty. Why is he not talking about Hillary's emails? He's not talking about Hillary's emails. No, he's Come not. On, You're absolutely right. Yeah. Ron, you All need right. someone who's pro-pagan across the board. You don't want All right, Ronnie, are, are, are you ready to endorse either of these candidates based on what you've heard? <laughs> uh, really. Come on. <laughs> Not really? really. Not really. No. You don't. Uh, no. Well, uh, all right, President Trump, the floor is yours then. Go ahead, convince Ronnie. Well, I've, I've been giving this a great deal of thought. I will order the NASCAR people to make you a race car with a vagina so you can fuck it. And I'll fuck it, too. Let's all fuck it. What do you say? Great people. Tremendous people. Love the Confederate flag. Those are real Americans. You can drive that pussy car around your retirement community to make the other old people jealous. I think that's a great deal. <laughs> Ronnie, what about a pussy car that you could personally drive and fuck? And make the old people jealous. What do you think of that idea? Do you now support President Trump? No, nah, it sounds pretty stupid to me. All right, there you go. Uh, uh, vice... Stupid proposal. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Well, President. I thought Ronnie would have jumped at that, but <laughs> Vice President Biden, go ahead. Here's the deal. Now, no president whose failures have cost over 220,000 lives should keep his job, period. But under a pandemic, I believe limo driver who doesn't drive anyone around should.